Warning, this podcast contains bad words and stories about drugs and sex and overthrowing the government. Proceed with caution. Thank you. And now on to our show. Wake up, brother, we got nothing to do. Let's go outside, just me and you, and build a fort. We'll pack a lunch, won't be home till after dark. Then after dinner, we can sneak back out. You know that high school girl I've been telling you about? Well, she gets undressed about a quarter to nine, and we can watch her do it from the big old pie next door. She got a room on the second floor. Well, looks like another fucked up day in paradise. Daughter of Godcast, season four choice, and this is episode 171, Art School. All about how to bring artists together to establish a self-educator's art school disguised as a movie studio. I am your host, Dan Kelly, a.k.a. Shri Fuji Split. The last two nights, I've woken up just after 2 a.m. This is about a week ago, actually. Uh, these are the secret, sacred hours. How wonderful to be awake and writing in the middle of the night when others nearby are sleeping. There's a sense of possibility, wonder, palpable mystery. These wakings are a gift to be out of bed and feel all this room, a dark house and a glowing laptop, the mirror of my thoughts, a free space to create anything, to allow myself to take whatever shape and flavor I might like. Uh, black words dance on a creamy void, Finger summoned and destroyed. The sweet and comforting darkness of the house gently pushed back by the sluggish glow of lava lamps and the tiny LEDs of a few vigilant machines, green and red. We're approaching Christmas after all and the big finish to an eventful year. December is a dark and wakeful month. Perhaps a year is an arbitrary idea. Whirling around our star, where is the end of a circle? Still soft ponderings of what we have been and feeling now, what we wish to be. The rhythms of tilt, spin, and orbit inherent in our shared, our shared starship. Geometry is a lovely idea. Why not? We can choose to be disconnected from these rhythms or tuned into them. Any life can be a lovely life. What are we here to talk about? I have an outline left over from the most recent meeting of our Shebox artists. That's what I'm calling our little enclave of Melanie, Joe, and Dan, at least for this podcast episode. I have distributed the draft, edit, and the script, and now we can all begin to rough out visual ideas for her dialogue. This Monday, which was yesterday, we'll meet again and show each other our sketches. I intend to launch five podcast episodes before I sketch. This is the fifth. Uh, if I were going to offer a wish list, I'd also like to rough assemble the Joe 
Buffalo Joe traveling shots and concrete sobbing scene I shot last week, two, three weeks ago, whatever. That's the bridge from the People's Poetry Slam that we shot in March of 2019 to Buffalo Joe in the Box from November, what we are working on right now. How close am I to being able to shoot laser beam shaving and lose most of this devolved facial hair? Oh God, can't wait. Having all this rough assembled is going to be sweet. Recent episodes have opened up the process. I'm feeding lots of birds with just one seed because seeds become forests and meadows. Watch out for rocks. They wake up when you glance away. In plain English, the episodes are ever more about inviting clarity with both poetry and blarney. Eventually, an executive summary, a clue at what's next for the Shebox artists to mull over. I've been harping on open source. This is not how to make a movie, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but a movie is being made. And this podcast thingy, it's helping somehow. Learning rates. Well, I've been talking about learning rates. Let's just, just let's riff on this a little bit and see what, what comes up. Well, what are learning? So there's the, we have these artists, right? And they're working for the project. And there's a, there's a working rate that is their full rate. What they're, what they're billing me per hour. Billing artist house, I should say. And then there's other rates that I'm proposing that might be less than the full rate, but they are advantageous um, to the project and to the artists themselves. So uh, what is it? Let's just talk about what they are. Uh, compensated, compensated exploration of affinity domains, including VFX software and new RL, real life disciplines, applicable to the project. Why, why would we do this? Well, for Artist House, why would Artist House, the company that is actually uh, funding and producing this movie, Daughter of God, it's the ability to expand what's available um, locally for future projects um, and also test specific ideas for this project. Ideas we're not really sure will be in the final uh, movie, but would be like to explore and see if they're feasible and, and if they could fit. And for the artists involved, us, myself, and Joe and Melanie, it's like the ability, the ability to create a custom art school. What if we could dedicate more energy to our own artistic research? What if we actually could be compensated for doing our own artistic research? Okay, so what are the steps to doing this? Well, um, I think it begins with a bit of learning uh, more about WordPress and um, Beaver Builder, which is a plugin that I use to make websites with. I'd like to have Melanie and Joe, uh, they both have websites um, and Melanie's probably a little bit more uh, into maintaining her own website than Joe is, but I think that they both could, could stand to be a little bit more uh, fluent with WordPress and uh, Beaver Builder I think makes that a little bit easier. So you can set them up and get them some basic Beaver Builder uh, chops because they're going to be generating content and it's easier if that content is available to everybody. 
and if it's in a place where it's all consolidated. So that might make sense for them to post it to y.movie, which means they should learn Beaver Builder to be able to do that. Okay, so right after that would be an introduction to After Effects. Um, just the basics of After Effects so that uh, Bezier curves and um, animation could be, could be assimilated. Uh, you can use you can learn Bezier curves in Illustrator, Photoshop, or After Effects. We've talked about this, and I think After Effects is probably the most uh, useful place to learn Bezier curves. And what I realized last night was after giving Joe and Melanie a basic intro, I can offer them the Pete O'Connell tutorial on rotoscoping because he basically dials in um, uh, 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 Bezier curves and, and how to actually deal with them in the fastest way. So yeah, I can actually do that introduction, then give them Pete O'Connell and let them loose. So that's how we start. Um, and maybe we'll also look, I'm probably gonna look at Blender 2D and see if that's a good alternative for doing um, some basic animation, black and white imagery with some simple animation. Okay, so uh, we're gonna actually have a bunch of video references. And uh, I think that, that like the Pete O'Connell tutorial, um, I can provide them with a lot of different local files that I've accumulated over the years that would be relevant. Uh, the story of film, we've been watching that, and uh, some files from FXPHD, which is a tutorial site. Um, then, of course, there's stuff on the web too, um, YouTube links and Linda. And so I think it's a really great idea to kind of compile and, and consolidate all of this all this reference material. I really would like to make, I've spoken in this a couple episodes ago, I'd really like to make a map of cinematic disciplines, like a grand overview. So we can all get a sense, myself and, and them as well, a sense of what might be worth learning and how that might fit into our own unique artistic pursuits. Um, and uh, that, that I think is kind of kind of uh, it would be really helpful to have that domain just sort of sketched out so we know where we are in it and what's possible. Things are changing quickly. Lots of new things are showing up, and so that could have some edges to it. Um, and saying, "Look, this is coming soon. Not yet readily available to um, to people at our budgetary." place, <laughs> but, uh, and maybe, maybe, you know, the labor force is, we don't have quite enough people to do that particular thing, but it's right on the edge and pretty soon it'll be available to us. So knowing that it's really good. Um, also, uh, what, one of the things that came to me the other day was I was watching <clears throat> Mike from FX PhD and he's talking about, af um, artificial intelligence and, uh, how, um, computer vision works basically. So if we're tracking an object on the screen, let's say there's a sign, eat at Joe's, and that sign is moving around this, the, the, the scene, and you wanna track that, that sign that says eat at Joe's and change it to eat at dance, let's say. So uh, there is software now that can actually track that thing, and, and then you can use that tracking data to replace the content of the sign and you'd never know it was replaced. So, but how does that actually work? There's machine intelligence, let's say, that 
actually is able to, <clears throat> to do that. And basically for most artists, it's just a black box that you just, oh yeah, I know how to track things. But this guy on FXPHD, Mike, breaks down how it works. And why that's relevant is because we actually have an AI in our movie. And it would be probably useful to know what the actual connection is between a visual, we have a very visual AI in our movie, I should say, and it would be good to know, helpful to know, how actual visual AIs work. So anyway, yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a tangent there, but but if there's if there's ways that we can apply, uh, get some practical experience with the actual themes of our project, and maybe like this deep dive into computer vision for you know how it works for VFX, could be good, could be cool. All right, anyway, so that's a little bit off tangent there. Off, off, it is tangential. It's off. Off the main, off the main road here, but whatever. Okay, so what else is on this list of things? Well, we've got these steps. We were doing these intro, these intros to AE and and After Effects and maybe Blender, and then we're doing some compiling video references and consolidating them. We're we're doing a map of cinematic disciplines. We have a lot of workspaces that actually need to be organized, and and then I need to enable access to those workspaces for the artists, the Shebox artists. Um, like for instance, the studio that we have, um, the primary activities there are photography, miniatures, time-lapse, precision fabrication, and storage of fragile models that are subject to temperature, that are vulnerable to temperature changes. Models that miniatures don't really do well with big changes in temperature. It makes the glue expand and contract and the pieces start falling off. Um, and so what are the steps to getting the studio really ready for that? Oh, there's some clutter in there. There's a piano and an organ that need to be moved out. And there's some lumber and bulk materials that need to be moved out. And then we need to create all of the production kits need to have checklists. I used to have that when I was living in New York, but I haven't really been slacked off on a little bit lately. But it'll be really important for us when we're sharing resources that when a kit is opened up, you know what's in there. And if something breaks or goes missing while you're using it, you can put that on the checklist. And then we'll know that that needs to be dealt with before that kit is ready again. Um, an inventory of all the tools, fabrication tools, production tools, whatever, all, all everything that we have, we should know what we have. And the, this is becoming more and more important because there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of raw materials. There's a lot of um, propping materials and fabrics and uh, so many things. And so, and, and all the tools that we have that actually are functional and working right now, we should know what, what's out there and have an easy way to look, look through that. Um, and also to sort through and simplify the tools. We have duplicates of a lot of things, like maybe 20 pliers. And, and perhaps, you know, some pliers could stay in the studio, but maybe the separate kits could be broken out for other locations. So it's more convenient to get a pair of pliers than having to go to the studio where there's 20 or so. Yeah, so that's another process that, that will really make um, our resources accessible and friendly and, and people friendly. So there's another building besides the studio building, there's the barn. There's two barns actually. And the big barn that's next to the studio, um, James and Maya spent a lot of time this summer getting that clean. And so now we can perhaps make some moves, cleaning it up a little bit more and then getting some heat in there 
And there's two levels to the barn. There's the upstairs and the downstairs. For the upstairs, that could be a soundstage and a multi-purpose space for workshops and maybe doing really big paintings and, and classes and yoga or whatever. Um, and then the downstairs would be uh, set, sets and, and larger fabrication type tools like, like table saws and, and chop saws and, and a kiln. Um, uh, and then maybe we'll, we'll bring an Airstream, one of the Airstreams in there, and that'll be an office and sort of a comfortable space to hang out. All of this, this idea of, of yes, there's learning to be done and um, an experimentation. And that, you know, that's clearly a thing that people are, are doing both for the movie and for themselves. But this idea of creating more infrastructure and, and access to tools and facilities, I think is part of that because there's doing and you need a place to do things. And you need spaces that that can serve a variety of different kinds of doings, big doings and, and precise doings. And, and so to have spaces for that that are accessible, the access is shared and available to the different people who are involved. And so I think that's, that's important. And, and it has to be in this plan of, of compensated exploration or a learning rate because ultimately that's where we want to go. We want to be able to have not only this ability to be compensated for learning, but have all of the resources and tools that would be super cool to have um, to learn with. Okay, so th there's basically three rates at this point. There's the full rate, full compensation um, for doing work specifically for the project. And then under that would be a, a rate that could be paid for doing tutorials or active experimentation um, for techniques that could relate to the project, but are things that we are interested ourselves in experimenting with. Like, for instance, maybe Joe is interested in, in doing some stop frame experimentation and it's not necessarily going to be for the movie. He's just going to explore that and see if it's something that he can get up to speed on. And maybe he's doing a stop frame animation that you know relates to the movie or maybe not, but the idea is that that could then be applied to the movie later on. And so there's compensation for that process. And then there'd be another rate below that rate for just soaking up reference material, whether it's watching, uh, watching a tutorial, not really you know doing it, but just watching it sort of to get some research about what is that domain about, I don't really know, or watching a movie that might have a theme or, or some content that relates to our movie or some techniques that we want to see uh, and how they pulled off and, and talk about how they pulled, off, pulled those off. Um, or maybe we want to rip off some movie, just flat out rip it off. So uh, there are these three rates. And, and uh, I think we can begin pretty much right away. And uh, how, once these rates are established, what the actual numbers are associated with them, then we're, yeah, we're, we're ready to go. We can start right away. Um, and this is a reinstatement of the sort of lightning overview I gave Joe and Melanie during our meeting on December the 4th, 2019. You might observe that this podcast is, is, uh, is becoming more and more a collaborative tool 
trending towards the pragmatic, you know, how to get things done for this movie. I, I really don't think there's going to be much audience left in the old school passive, passive observer sense of audience. I mean, if you're staying with this project, you know, you might as well come out of the closet and declare yourself a collaborator. Dear audience, dear audience, you are deleted. There is no more audience for this podcast, only helpers, makers. Whoever is left after the five or six week hiatus that we just experienced, hold up your hands, hold up your hands and look at them. Maybe perhaps for the first time, you know, say to yourself, these are the hands of an artist, my hands, me. Daughter of Godcast, season four choice, episode 171, Art School. This might have been a lot or perhaps just enough. Maybe we're hungry for more. Always hungry for more. Who is done dancing, making love, eating? Not me. I'm a dancer and a lover and eater endlessly. The delight of embodiment. How would you rather have this ride be? Do you prefer the log flume or the carousel? If we've got another idea, a bettering, then heck, whistle that up, send out embossed invitations in lavender-scented envelopes. We get to be whatever we let ourselves be. Memories are colors to paint with chords to arrange. We choose a jarring or sublime canvas, a sweet or sad song. What happened is open to endless interpretation. I'm skeptical of my own stories unless they make me smile. We don't have to grate our teeth to grin. 